Welcome to the Frontier Podcast from Gun.io. As blockchain technologies proliferate, one of the most challenging aspects for business users and developers alike is accessibility and user experience. This week, Ledge talks to Joel Nydig, CEO and co-founder of SimbaChain, a robust developer framework and API. Originally developed through a DARPA grant, SimbaChain enables anyone to quickly create blockchain distributed applications for iOS, Android, and the web. Joel, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you tell us, you know, your two-minute story for the audience? SimbaChain is a blockchain-as-a-service platform, and what we're trying to do is the whole usability issue with blockchain right now. Like, how do you democratize that and get more people using blockchain, make it really accessible to the end consumer, and just kind of make it part of their daily lives? And so that's what SimbaChain's goal is, to make it really easy for not only uh, users, but actually developers to enable their users, you know, even freely developers that are uh, trying to create blockchain applications it's it's kind of difficult right now so we're trying to make it very user-friendly um, familiar interfaces like iOS and web Android and just kind of provide templates that access our API that communicate with the smart contracts on the blockchain so you know our story starts back back in uh, 2017 when we were founded and uh, we were founded out of a DARPA project it was DARPA's uh, the defense agency's first blockchain project and we were doing secure messaging for the military. And um, so we, we wrote a grant and, uh, and, won, and were awarded with the University of Notre Dame. Out of that, you know, we started our company, SimbaChain. And uh, so we have founders from the University of Notre Dame. Uh, since then, we've landed several Department of Defense contracts, um, also with uh, large enterprise, uh, you know, trying to help their users be able to use blockchain and mostly focused on like supply chain enhancements. That's interesting that you say that. Supply chain comes up all the time. And I, I sincerely believe now having done probably, you know, six different hype busting blockchain conversations, that seems to be the place that a lot of people are focusing on. Why is that? Is it just such a ripe use case? Like why, why supply chain innovation? Yeah, I think it's because of the complexity of supply chain. You know, usually the ownership of the data is in multiple silos. And so when you have something like that, blockchain leads itself very well to getting that data to the right people at the right time. And then knowing who's accessed that data, can you verify that the data is correct? The whole adjudication of, hey, I sent you those parts. Why haven't you paid me? Uh, I've already invoiced you. And they're like, no, I haven't received them. And then blockchain can say, hey, I know you received it because we both are looking at the same digital ledger. And it was signed by a specific person because it was signed by their wallet. You know, you can identify it all the way down in that granularity. And the smart contract thing is amazing because it just automatically executes all those situations and all the different things that happen. So two parties can come together and agree upon how that smart contract should look, whether it's a purchase order or an invoice and all those different things. Um, and it's really going to disrupt the EDI. Like EDI has been around since the 70s, trying to make this thing happen a lot easier. I think blockchain is really going to disrupt that area because it's going to execute automatically and take away all these like third party trusted vans that are currently in between the customer and the supplier. We don't need that. We just need the customer supplier relationship and we don't need these like third party trusted companies handling the transactions. It's, it should just be on a blockchain. So I think I think that's where it's been it's a really good use case for blockchain. And we have those instances on our platform. We have web templates and iOS templates and Android templates with smart contract templates that are designed to enable people to get started really fast. 
So what's the actual technology behind this? You know, a lot of developers are talking about, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a JavaScript guy or a Python guy or I'm a Node guy. How do I get into blockchain? What's the next stage for someone who's a senior developer in something else? Yeah, so what you can do is actually we have like an open invite right now. So anybody can email us at info at simbachain.com and uh, request access to the platform. So we're a freemium model. So we monetize our top 10%. So most people that based on their transaction loads for like a freelancer, you know, he wouldn't be hitting that threshold. So they can access the platform for free. What they can do is get an invite from us and we'll give them access to the platform. We've got, you know, read the docs, um, videos on YouTube channel that walk them through the platform. But there's no coding involved actually they can come to our platform log in create a smart contract just by defining their assets and transactions in a drop down box and then it auto generates the solidity code for them they then can auto deploy that to the ethereum network right now that's the main one we we focus on uh, we'll be supporting like more protocols like eos and hyperledger and some other ones later on like waves and stellar right now we're focused on ethereum but what they can do is they can easily deploy that through our platform and we also do off chaining so you can have like file systems, Ceph and IPFS to access those two. And so we have those nodes already set up for them that they can easily deploy. And then we auto generate the API that communicates with their smart contract. So it's bring your, we call it bring your own logic. As soon as they create their smart contract, it's a specific API generated for their use case, which is pretty cool. So they can create their own API keys. They can create their own user IDs. We have user groups and roles that they can give certain people authority to do certain things with their API that they generate. So it's really built like building an entire blockchain backend for a developer that just wants to go, I just concerned about the user experience on an iOS or Android or web template. We also auto generate the user interface based on that smart contract methods, like the method calls, we auto generate a user interface for them in the dashboard. So they can actually download that and use that as a springboard to develop their applications. But we have templates that they can also download. Everything's listed is on GitHub that they can access. So just trying to really make it super user friendly. They don't have to worry about the deployment to the blockchain and things like that. We also have notifications they can set up for like email and webhooks. So they can go on and, and get notified like when certain things are happening on the blockchain on their distributed application. This is awesome. Congrats yeah. on making something so mature in a not mature space. I mean, this topic of, hey, we need more middleware to make this accessible is very pertinent. Let me ask you this. All this sounds amazing, but you know, yep. you and I both know, hey, you're a software engineering organization. What was the speed bump you hit hard you know, in the middle of this? What were some of the difficult engineering stories to get this far? One was at the beginning of the project, we kind of went to our engineers and were like, hey, go and like stand up an Ethereum node. And they're like, okay. Two months later, they came back and they're like, man, that was difficult. I mean, it just took them so long to like understand how to set it up and communicate with it and then like deploying the smart contracts to it. And we really just tried to streamline it and make it easy. So it was kind of out of our own difficulties, we created this product. And, you know, I'll mention we're not an ICO, like we're a traditional, you know, software as a service company. So we're not, we don't have any ideas plans to do a token because we plan on you know supporting multiple protocols people will just use our service to help them build their own people could launch an ico with our platform essentially i mean they can create their own smart contracts deploy it mint some tokens and do all kinds of stuff but from our standpoint we're just going to remain a providing that service to everyone else that is interested in kind of that business model and so yeah so that was kind of the difficulty that we started off with was just trying to understand how to deploy these different things we do permissioned and private networks or public networks so people can do 
can deploy to like the main net of Ethereum or Rinkby or Coven or Ropstein, but they can also, we have our own circle of life permission network that they can deploy to set more permissions to that layer. They can also add their own nodes. So you can deploy your own, all you have to do is just like whitelist our API um, on your on the different nodes that you're, you may be deploying. So, you know, they can just use Simba as a deployment tool. You don't have to use this as a host. And so that allows them to be very distributed in the way they do, keeping true to blockchain. The level of maturity in the, in the product definitely speaks volumes. Let me ask you this. I ask everybody on the, on the show, how do you evaluate what is a, a senior software engineer? What are the heuristics you use to prove that the people you're hiring are absolutely the A plus? What do you measure and how do you suss that out? So when I, we first start talking with people, we ask them almost like the situation where you asked, like, what is like some major difficulties that you had to overcome throughout your career? You know, they have to kind of think about it. And so if they have a really good use case of like, yeah, here's the problem, like I, I ran into and like, I didn't know how to solve it, but I, I was able to overcome it. You know, those are the kind of people that we look for in a, like a senior developer level. You know, we give them that kind of situation. That's what we look for. Engineering being a problem-solving disposition and and skill set. You know, not necessarily about a particular stack or you know how you code this or a particular algorithm, but the overall mindset that senior software engineer brings to the table. Uh, how do you come down on remote software engineers versus in the office? Oh yeah, I mean, all our developers are like all over the world. Believe it or not, um, we have some developers in Wales. Uh, some are from South Africa. So it's we just kind of look for the best. You don't really care where they're geolocated. It's just like who can we find that's the best at what they do. A really good developer can solve the problems of like three or four or five that may be created. Can they self-manage? You know, it's like a big thing. Can they, can I give them tasks and they just come back and like knock it out, like understand the end goal and be able to deploy that. Right now I'm actually in the office right now and I'm the only one here, but we have eight developers. So everybody's like either at their house or like I said, we have a couple in different countries. It's kind of like a new way. And, you know, everybody comes together. Uh, we meet, do meet up monthly and uh, some teams meet up like bi-weekly, but there's definitely a lot of tools out there like Slack and different ways that we just stay in real-time communication. What quick advice would you give somebody from a more legacy environment who's just realizing like, hey, we got to think about this remote thing, but we don't do it yet and we're kind of scared of it? I think what you have to look at is the end result. Like, what are you trying to get? You know, workplace environments are like great. And that's, there's definitely a place for that. But if you're trying to achieve like this product and you need that level of skill set and it's not in the area that you're living where you're actually uh, geographically located, then you have to look without and you have to look in other areas where those people are located. I mean, there's plenty of technology today that allows us to do that. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for spending the time, man. Really great having you on. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. 
Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.